because all musicians were at home. Everybody had a little bit more time. So I literally hit up everybody. You know, I hit up Chino from Deftones. I hit up like Shirley Manson from Garbage. I hit up Alanis Morissette. I hit up freaking, you know, Head from Corn. I hit up Billy Corgan. I really believe in the power of asking. Like the worst that anybody can say is no. What's up? Thank you for having me. Thank you for accepting. I mean, I, I was like, I'm sure she's so busy because I know. Oh, oh good. Got to make time for other great women, you know? Come on. Thank you. But how come you have dogs and chicken at the same time? Um, I live out in, so I'm in near Los Angeles, but it's an yeah. area near, there's a place called Joshua Tree. It's like where you two did their album cover and stuff. Um, so I've got, I'm on like half an acre of land in the middle of the desert. So Whoa, that's yeah, so pretty, pretty cool. I've, I have a small house, but it's just like, I, I can have some space. And so, you know, during the pandemic, we all got into some weird stuff and I got into chickens. Yeah, I saw that. You have even like a sort of broadcast with it where you totally. see your chicken. Super fun. <laughs> That's cool. I think really the pandemic did lots of stuff for all of us. Like it made us kind of reflect and change in a way. And maybe totally. where your way you you totally. have fun to <laughs> self-develop with the chicken. So right, great. Uh, so Charlie's theory of rock music. I love that title <laughs> you gave you. Really, that's how I feel actually about you. Like I, the first time. I knew you through great days for sure. It caught my attention. I was like, first, this is a woman. And second, she's South African and she's in the US working with such people. I don't really often hear about people like this, you know, who get such opportunities, especially if you're not a man and you're not white. I mean, like you're not from the US. And so that's amazing. And that's why I was like, this woman is just an inspiration. So I have to, oh, wow. I have to find a way to talk to her. And so, yeah, how, how did it start? Like living the American dream? <laughs> oh man. It's like, I've been in, uh, I've been in, in the music industry for, for over 20 years now. Um, in South Africa, I played in a band they're called Stealing Love Jones. And Stealing Love Jones had six number one hits in South Africa. Um, it was kind of in the time, it was sort of just before the Avril Lavigne kind of stage, you know? So there wasn't, there wasn't a woman or a girl band that was filling that. And, and then Avril Lavigne kind of popped up. And um, so, so yeah, so that's that's where it started in South Africa. And we invested in doing a tour in America, which failed horribly because we were such huge fish in such a tiny little pond in South Africa. Um, and, then, and America is so big, you know, America really is the entertainment capital of the world. I mean, LA or New York really, but there's such a massive market here and it just kind of swallowed us up. Um, but that's sort of where it all started. I mean, I had my, my sights set on, on being in, in LA and Hollywood from when I was a very young girl. And uh, I mean, honestly, it's just hustle. And I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, 
persistent and brazen. And I just was like, nothing's going to stop me from my dream. And, and that's it, you know? So I left, uh, I left the band back in the band, the band disbanded after our terrible American tour. And, yeah, um, I, I, have I have listened to this and I was like, damn, people just would from the outside assume like, okay, she's living the American dream. She was in South Africa, she went to the US and now she works with all these people, but it doesn't go this way. And I was really, I was impressed by, I mean, you had your own journey and it's crazy. As you, you mentioned, this band you were with was big, like you were a rock star in South Africa totally. and then you moved to the US expecting probably the same thing especially if you totally. went to tour with your and then boom the failure yeah I mean we, I had mad delusions of grandeur you know it was like I just really I was just I was a young kid and I was so full of myself and you know we were so big in South Africa that my head was like this big you know we were being flown around on private jets and getting all this great treatments and uh, I really thought that that I was was all that, and then got got to the states and realized, oh gosh, I have so much to learn, you know. But but that didn't stop me. I realized that that uh, you know life is a continual journey, and you have to keep learning. Yeah. So I mean, I literally I moved to San I moved to San Diego. I had a friend there, and uh, it was actually Sean from the band Cedar. Um, he kind of, he, he took me, he took me under his wing and uh, him and I have, have a long history and he's been so, so great to me. Um, and he was just like, SJ, you need to move to San Diego and find, uh, find some good friends because I know who you are as a person. You're super emotional and super sensitive and, and LA and Americans are just going to freaking eat you up. You're going to, they're going to destroy you, you know? So I thought that was some, some good advice. Um, and I literally started from scratch again. I was playing in bars like five, six times a week doing cover gigs, um, playing like three hours a night, every single night. And then eventually I met somebody that uh, was on the production songwriting side and she was like, hey, you know, why don't you come and try out songwriting for other people? Um, and that blew my mind because I was like, what do you mean artists don't write their own songs? I was just so confused. Oh by my this gosh. <laughs> you expected you know? all artists to write their lyrics, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really, I really was so naive and, and I, I kind of am to, to a, still am to. I think that's a common, degree. that's a common trait for Africans in general. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm North African, yeah. so I felt that way many times when I moved to Europe. So <laughs> I feel that. Uh, so where are, you, where are you right now? I'm in Paris. Oh, cool. <laughs> so you know my partner Lucas is in. Yeah, in I was gonna tell you. Now I remind you of the time you were working with Lucas. Now it's like uh, eight p.m. here, and there it's eleven a.m. So it's crazy. <laughs> I just I just spoke to him this morning because he's a uh, him and I. Um, Lucas is is one of my main collaborators on the We Are Pigs project. So. Uh, I was just chatting to him this morning. That's cool. I got to connect you guys once this pandemic oh, is over. I love him. He's, he's cool. awesome. That's cool. But um, yeah, your, your journey is just really amazing. Because just like uh, I listened to one of your podcasts with one of your 
France from South Africa. And I loved when he mentioned that people often just see the result. They assume, okay, you are now in the US, you're working with these people. So, and that's it. And there would be like many people, I want to be like that, but they don't see how you reach it there. So it's just insane. And how you mentioned you were just getting $50 per night for playing in bars and sleeping at oh, friends, coach, coaches, and that's, that's oh, just yeah. I mean, it kind of, the music industry kind of is still like that to, to a certain degree, you know, it's like the, the, the weird thing is like that saying the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. It's, it's very prominent in the music industry because the thing is, is like the bigger you become as an artist, the more people will do work for you for free. So people like me, you know, where production and songwriting and stuff like that's my bread and butter. You know, if I don't do it for free, somebody else will do it. So it's a really hard situation because I, I want, want it on my resume, but I still have to be able to pay my bills, you know? So it's a really tough, like, it, it's a really tough, mind-blowing, weird situation, you know? You don't go to the dentist and be like, hey, would you mind doing my teeth for free? You know, <laughs> just, just because I'm going to, I'm going to like hook you up with something else down the line. So it, it's a weird industry. Yeah, it's, it's exactly, it's kind of feels like it's a closed place and you have like, it's going to always be weird to just stand at the door and be like, can I please enter? So you have to figure out a way to do it. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I myself, like two years ago, when I first got the idea, I want to integrate, I want to, get a place in the music industry and I just moved to Europe like I mean it's not the same we don't really rock music is not even common in North Africa from where I come so that was just I was thinking I want to do something I don't know how I didn't know any person and I remember first time I spoke to one of the people who worked with Linkin Park just because he was close to the fan so I was like okay I have a chance this guy answers me I just asked for advice and he said exactly what you mentioned. You gotta do something for free. Yeah. But I was like, okay, but I'm uh, I'm almost gonna graduate, so I would need to pay my bills. So you you find it's kind of hard, yeah, for anybody who thinks about this industry. So just like you said, you have to be ready to do whatever it takes. Hey, hey man, honestly, like I would rather, like to this day, I would rather be sleeping in my car or like you know sleeping on a couch than doing anything else. Like there's, there's music for me is the only thing that music and food, let me, let me say that. Like music and food are the, are the, the only things that just make me happy in life. So you gotta, you gotta do what, you gotta know yourself and do what makes you happy. Exactly, that's your calling, it's your purpose. So you cannot uh, change anything about it. But um, I was wondering, because you, you mentioned it once that you grew up listening to Christian bands. That, and you said exactly like, that's what I was allowed to listen to. Yeah. I don't understand that because I don't know anything about South Africa. So also Christian bands. And actually, I didn't even know about the Christian bands thing at like I, my age now. And I realized yeah. that I grew up actually listening to some Christian bands. Yeah. So it's crazy. So I... Um... I grew up in in the church. It was like a new covenant kind of happy clappy, you know. And I'm I'm stoked about it because everything I learned about music, I mean, it's like it was a full rock band for the like the worship band, you know. It was like these massive like two hundred fifty thousand dollar 
freaking like PAs and in-ear monitors and just, you know, so it was everything that I learned about music and performing and was, was through the church, but it was the, the, the way that I was brought into it. You know, my, my parents were just like, uh, you can't listen to what the, I mean, the church wouldn't allow us to listen to secular music because it was the devil's music you know which is just so mind-blowing but but so I mean honestly I didn't even know who who like the smashing pumpkins were until I was like 22 years old you know so it was I just had a whole life of in, in high school growing up listening to bands like P.O.D. and Skillet um, you know, uh, Pillar, those kind of DC talk, those were the bands that I grew up, grew up on. And, um, you know, I think the songwriting and, and all the worship stuff like Hillsong and all those really huge, you know, I'm going to, I call them a cult now just because, you know, I've been, I've been in it and I've seen it and I, I just, I disagree with, with a lot of what goes on in there. And I think Christians in general are just, you know, not, not the, not what Jesus would want them to be. So um, yeah, I kind of have like a weird love hate relationship with, with God and church and, and all of that just because of my, my upbringing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so eye opening to me because I was such a judgmental asshole my entire life. Like people were, were listening to other music or people were Hindu or Muslim or something. And I was just like, Oh no, I can't be your friend because you're going to hell. You know, I'm just like, and now it just blows my mind that I would even think that way. You know? Yeah. It's, it's funny you brought this up because, um, I, I actually also have like this love hate relationship with God and I don't necessarily believe like in, in the notion like God, the way, religious people think about it but I think like I grew up in a Muslim family so right. the said they used to think that satanic music whenever I listen to rock so they would read totally posters on my wall. they would not allow me to have rock magazines or even listen actually to the music so I had like to really listen secretly to the rock music and it was right. crazy then you get it yeah, but also I didn't even have uh, friends because they would make fun of my music genre. People didn't really listen to that kind. Right. And I remember there were some friends who would tell me like, be careful, you know, like rock music, there's some conspiracy theories actually about rock music out there yeah. <laughs> where they tell you like these rock people, they make sure you become addicted. That's why you're loving the music. Oh my gosh. Isn't that crazy? It was so weird and now I'm like, what the hell? How can people yeah. think about that? I don't understand. But some Christian people in the, in the industry makes you kind of like, I don't know. I think they are the ones who should represent or the, the, this religion. I don't know much. I mean, I'm not a religious person, but the way, for example, Lacey Storm or Brian Head talk about being Christian is so different from any religious person I've, I've ever known in my life. Like these other people make you hate anything yeah. about religion that you become totally. judgmental. But when I hear people like Brian Head talk about how religion impacted his life, it's different. At least totally. these people don't judge. <laughs> totally. But um, so um, for South African women finding herself in this boys club 
how does it feel like to find yourself in the studio working with basically just men around you? How is it as an experience, especially in the in terms of production? Like we are not even just a woman who is singing or songwriting. You are in the production. Um. I kind of I kind of see myself as like a 14-year-old boy, you know. So I have the same mentality and humor and silliness. And so I I get on really, really well um, with boys and men in general. And I and I grew up in bands, you know. My I put my first band together when I was 12. So it's been me and the boys my entire life. I'm just I'm really one of the boys. So there isn't a um I haven't felt Yeah, I mean, I I haven't felt too much adversity from the band. I mean, the more adversity I felt is more is more from like record labels, you know, they just like, they're like, like, you know, some some chick producing the record, you know, whatever, or she's a, a whatever grade producer, you know, like really derogatory crap but and not allowing just because you know the just with everything everything's so entwined the record labels want to use their own producers because they're assigned to the record label which means when they get paid and they get the percentage of of, on on the sound the record label gets the percentage so it's just this like crazy pyramid scheme and Mm -hmm. um it's i i mean the the whole pigs project was born out of my love-hate relationship with with the music industry you know just kind of sitting idly by for years and years just watching all of this stuff go on which i don't which i don't agree with but you know it's also you're trying to climb the ladder so you don't want to say anything out of fear of retribution and then they don't use you because oh that bitch opened her mouth you know so it's kind of like it's been it's been a really interesting, uh, interesting journey and battle just to, uh, to, to see that and channel that into this, into this project. I mean, for the Grey Days project, um, working with the Grey Days guys was one of the best experiences of my life. Sean, uh yeah I I just I was like very I was like thinking today I was like I have so much respect for these guys for the fact they trusted you with, with yeah. the album, like, yeah. hey, like you are not even American, you are not that famous in terms of production and you are a woman. Oh, yeah. And this is legendary artist. We are talking about the vocals of Chester Bennington. Oh, yeah. You basically produced an album for the young Chester, so which is insane. It, it's and- abso- absolutely mind blowing. I mean, Sean has had I mean, he's just such a big supporter of women in general. I see that with him when he speaks about people in general. He doesn't see them as man, female, black, white, whatever. It's just like, are you good at your job? Boom, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, how did you, how did they get to to meet you? How how did it happen? This connection. So I was uh, I've been friends with Wav, the drummer from Pod, for like. Uh, for years and years we used to hang out in San Diego like 10 years ago and he put me in touch with Renee Mata who's now my manager and I was um I was it was actually my very first uh management meeting with Renee well just like the date you know the dates it's like do we vibe <laughs> Are we gonna, do you want to take me on as a client um and so I drove to LA to NRG recording and the Grey Days guys were there 
Um, and while I was waiting for Renee, I was just chatting with uh, Mace and Sean and Kristen. And they were like, well, can you play us some of the stuff that you've done? And at that time, I just finished um, producing the new Alien Ant Farm EP. Yeah. So and they're all huge Alien Ant Farm fans. So they were just like, oh my gosh, this stuff is so rad. Like, you know, they, they were just like super stoked and, and super complimentary. And Sean was like, "Do you, would you be interested in um, trying out production on one of these songs? And I'm like... Oh no no of course oh my gosh like what what a crazy opportunity you know that some some girl from south africa like twelve thousand miles away ends up in a meeting at the same place where one of like her idols band like first band is there it was just you know i really do believe in face and destiny and i don't believe I do not believe that that, that, was that I'm here in America for just for everything to fizzle out. You know, I just I believe that and, and I'm a late bloomer for sure. Like I've done some cool stuff in my life, um, but it's like everything now that I'm really been working towards is kind of coming it's like channeling you know and usually this happens to people in their early 20s and you know I'm in my mid-30s so it's like I'm super stoked I think everything happens at the right time I mean nobody could have ever thought that this album could happen in this way it wasn't even the plan like that totally. so everything was different but I, I do believe like you know, I believe in destiny so it's like we have a purpose there is a calling but and and when you connect the dots just in your case you find that everything in your life was leading you to there where you are right now or to that moment where you met them and i don't know it was like damn if you look back at that moment when you're you came back from a failed tour in the u.s with your first then and you were like so depressed and thinking oh my gosh what did i do and now you look where you are and you think like gosh this happened for a good reason and you just we can't see it it, it really is amazing and the relationships like I've said this a couple of times like out of such a devastating uh act you know what what's what happened with Chester like so much light and love and positivity have come come out of it like Kristen the guitar player from Grey Days is like him and his wife have become like my best friends you know it's like we we hang out as much as we can we make other music together we probably talk to each other almost every day on the phone you know and i'm not i'm a person that that is very selective with my friend group i just i don't have the bandwidth or the emotion i'm super super emotional person so it's like letting yeah. somebody into my life is like i i fall so madly in love with them and then i feel like i don't get that same love back and it just destroys me as a human so i just i keep yeah. i keep yeah. my it's i keep crazy. my distance can, from people a lot you know yeah i can relate to so much stuff you're saying but it's it's funny because uh, for years, I was wondering, like, uh, I remember reading the one of the lyrics, Paramore, actually, it says, like, somewhere weakness is our strength. And I've always knew that my my weakness was being emotional. I hated that at some point because right. I would start crying out of nowhere. Anything can hurt me. And I was like, what could be? How can this be strength? But then I think in terms of creativity or something artistic, whatever, we, we can express ourselves. 
like in your case with through music or connecting with the people you meet i think like you do a great job at integrating or adapting at any environment i mean the proof you connected with brian just because you found yourself in the same studio at the same time brian yeah yeah i how, how did it happen like now you are collaborating with each other right um and, and once again that's chester bringing all this awesomeness into my life and i have so much to sean and and Kristen and mace to thank for for opening these doors i think um i don't know like head and i just the moment it was really cool the moment like he walked into the room and i walked into the room like we had this this connection and then he and then after after he had been chatting with someone he like he pulled me aside and he was like i'm so intrigued by you like who are you tell me about you and the the cool thing was is like love and death were what and, and they still are that record from 2013 is one of my favorite records of all time so like i don't keep a lot of music on my phone but like the two records that i have on my phone are deftones white pony and that love and death record you know and, and i pulled up my phone in the studio and i was like check it out i have your love and death record and he was just like his mind was so blown um, and so we 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 connected from there and and he's just such a such a cool dude and i think we we really um like resonated with he'd been through the whole church thing and got really burned by the church but continues to like you know jesus really changed his life um, yeah i love i love i think that's way, so that's so cool i love how this impacted his life like i'm like i'm so happy for people who found peace within themselves this way i'm not a religious person at all but when i hear someone like brian talking about his journey with right. jesus or god yeah. i'm like this is just amazing. I mean, I'll be happy for people. This work it for him. He Holy healing, man. he found recovery and all that. And it's great. Whether for him or for example, Austin Carlin. Also, he has similar story like Brian. So um, it's just amazing. Or Lacey Storm as well. She talked about mental health and how through Jesus she found her way. So I think, I think I'm, I'm really happy for such people. I think it's about like finding your tribe. You know, yeah. I think that's the vibe and whether it be like AA or church or like, I don't know, just like a, a band, you know, everybody finds their journey. And I think it's the same, it's the same safety net, you know. That exactly. You find. It's find a safe place where you can be simply yourself or just totally feel safe. I don't know if you know, you may or may not know, but um, the Grey Days boys and I have been working on the new Grey Days record for the entire <laughs> the entire time last year during the, the pandemic. And we have last this last weekend we finished the entire writing and pre-production of the record and uh, going into the studio in the next couple of months to start recording the new record. It's happening and it's, it's so, so amazing. amazing. You, I mean honestly I can't believe like I, when this album was announced I know how to feel about this, like, you know, new beginning and without Chester and I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know these people and they're working with, and Chester is my favorite vocalist of all time. So I was like, I don't know what to expect, especially that, you know, at the beginning, many people were like, didn't know how to think about this. Like, okay, now he's dead and they are making, yeah. using his vocals. Everybody had different idea, but when 
when they start making, I love the videos, the documentaries they make behind the scenes. You cannot watch this without feeling it was real. All the emotions, everything, I don't know. This album to me was how I was able to get over grief and just accept a new beginning. And it's crazy. It takes us back to the beginning of Chester. We can feel and understand him. I don't know. It's it has. Wow, you're making me emotional. <laughs> it's, it's really a special album. I'm friends with Meso. He's been like I felt he was kind of busy and stuff. And I'm so happy. I can't wait for the what's coming. The first record was so special, and and it was like this an amazing journey and and learning curve and bringing the team together. Yeah. And this next record is just like, you know, I, I've been so close to it for an entire year now, listening to it and going back and forth and making changes and rewriting things. And, and, and that, and every single time I listen to it, I'm still like, holy shit. Like this morning I sent Kristen a message. I was like, I freaking just gave myself whiplash listening to starting to fly in the studio just because I'm just like, what? This sounds so crazy. And yeah. it's, it, it's such a, an honor and thank you for, you know, being open and, and allowing, like welcoming me as a complete stranger into this team. I, I know how people feel about Chester and that having somebody so incredibly removed from his other projects, you know, it's a big trust thing. And so thank you for, for, for trusting me and to the rest of his fans, for, for trusting sure. me with the honestly, great age guys. Yeah, I, I cannot even think about these songs coming out any better. Like for me, this is just perfect because you can still feel that there is a 90s vibe in them, but it's so fresh. Even fans of Chester, I think they, they must be proud of people like you that they are part of this project because you made this album sound the way it is. And I'm so happy that you are also included again in the second album. I think something that's really cool, like a lot of producers and songwriters and, and stuff haven't actually ever played in a band or played in a metal band or played in a rock band and been out on the road and freaking understood what it was like to freaking live in a car and tour and freaking, you know? So it's, it's, it's been, I think the energy that I'm able to bring to this this project is is very much what Chester would want. You know, it's like he worked his ass off yeah. to get to to where he is, and so and so we all. So it's so it's wonderful to be able to be a part of. Yeah, especially of, uh, yeah. the the part seven of the making of Ammons. On uh, I watched it and I got goosebumps. Uh, the moment I saw there was you, Monkey, and Brian, and I saw. I don't know, I was like, are they crying? And I don't know, it seemed like they were too emotional. Monkey and Brian both. So emotional. It was a moment they were like, like that. I was like, damn. And then there were you <laughs> waking them up from their uh, emotions. But it was such a moment. And I never knew the depth of, I don't know. I, I mean, I knew know that Monkey and, and, and Brian knew Chester and Linkin Park, but I would have never expected to see such reaction. And the way Monkey was speaking about Chester in that documentary, I was just like, right. this is the highest form of respect. It really is, and what makes, like, in th this, I'm trying to, to put this in a, in, in a way that's not gonna sound weird, but it's, 
it's like I've been working in the pop music industry for so long and, and rock and metal is my thing. But, you know, I came to the States and wanted to make money and be more successful. And pop music sells a lot more numbers than it does than rock, you know. So I, so I went down that lane and man, people are just so freaking shitty in the pop music industry. Yeah. And it's like, and the crazy thing is, is like the monkey in head, what made this even sweeter is that they are just the kindest, the nicest. Like they genuinely want to talk to you. It's like, they're so interested. They, they, they have this humbleness. And to be honest, I find most metal boys that way. It's like why I'm so, I love metal boys the most, you know, because they may yeah. be, they may be tattooed and crazy looking and, and whatever, but it's like they, they gener generally very gentle spirited humans. And it's yeah. usually those like freaking pop guys that are like beating up their girlfriends, you know? So. And I, I, I have actually, some of my friends are also in the music industry and they have even toured with Korn. So they've known, uh, they know Korn, um, Brian and Monkey, and they were telling me about how kind they were, how they were coming backstage to just spend time with them, and they were like also very kind to the team of this band. It's how you should be. Like you can tell a lot about people about how they they treat the help, you know. And it's like if it's like if you and I think it's I've seen it a lot actually. Again, talking about the pop music industry versus the the rock music industry, like. I've worked with some massive pop artists. I'm not going to drop any names, but how they treat like whoever the the guy that's or the girl that's the second engineer or the runner to go get something is like they treat them like pieces of shit, you know. Whereas these guys are just they're so kind and they really value every single person's part in the in the process. That's what makes a safe space. I mean, rock or metal music. I myself could have never thought of being in. In any safer or better place than just feeling like I, I belong because I know fans of rock music and now I know bands who are my friends and I know people who work also you know and they are just also kind especially I would have never expected because even normal people here couldn't even fit with them in Europe right. you know well, I've, <laughs> heard that, I've, I've heard that France has a really cool metal scene I don't know. I'm not really very connected to French people for some reason. Yeah. They, I don't know, my opinion or my experience, at least, especially being North African here and with the stereotypes about North Africans, I don't feel like I'm very welcomed here. Like, people, really? and even though my French, like, I speak very well French, like, I don't, I uh, don't even have an accent, and people, the moment you mention you're not French, you're like, oh, that's why you have an accent. And I, like, in a rude way, or if they see you at a rock show and you mention, like, I usually wouldn't mention it, but at some point in the conversation, if I meet some random fans outside the venue and I would mention where I'm from, they would be like, really? And you can feel how, okay, it's like you are an outsider. I don't know. It's how where are you from again originally? Tunisia. Oh, wow, that's you know? awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why. But I feel more comfortable with Americans and people from other places in Europe, like German people or Netherlands, more than French people. So, I don't know. <laughs> Lucas won't like what I'm saying, but it's fine. <laughs> well, I, I never, I, I've heard that a lot, to be honest, about uh, 
about French people in general, but but uh, I love Lucas. He's the the sweetest, kindest, most. Yeah, I mean, of course, there also. must be some cool people out there. Not all of them, but if I am to speak about the music industry, I would say I have zero chance here of ever ever integrating the music industry just because my of my nationality. They would never give you any value just because. I don't know, it's just like that, you know, there is discrimination and racism here. I'm sorry you feel that way. That's yeah, crazy. I know. But anyways, maybe one day I'll move to LA, who knows? Maybe, <laughs> come hang out in my chicken coop. Yeah, I mean, now I know many people from there, so, and it's cool, like I kind of found, I don't know, I'm just doing my own stuff with bands, just volunteering right. and stuff like that, but I, I love this industry so much, so. But speaking of discrimination and, and racism, um, the fact uh, now you are a woman who is working in this field and even in production. And of course, you know, that's mainly men and white people and even black people are not given that much of value in the industry. Like, are there any PUC bands, for example, you would love to work with? Um. Like I, you know what? I, I'm a creature of habit. Uh, I went to I went to boarding school, so like regimented stuff is is kind of my thing, and and I guess it's happened the same with the music I love. Like I've fallen in love with particular bands, and I kind of don't listen to anybody else. So so Deftones is is my favorite band. Um, I would love to work. With, uh, with Chino and the guys. Abe Cunningham is one of my favorite drummers. I just, um, I played drums the whole way throughout high school. So um, just the way he plays really has a huge influence on my feel. Um, Alanis Morissette is, I mean, if yeah. I could work with no. her, I'd be so stoked. So you wanna work with your idols, basically. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be, be the cool thing, you know, it's like, um, I mean, I just, I don't see, I, I, and and please take this, anybody listening, like it's, it's an honor to make music with, with anybody um, that is up and coming and creative and has been working hard and, and deserves to be put into rooms with, with producers and songwriters. It really is, it's a pure joy to make music with people. But if I can be completely selfish, like, you know, who, who I want to make music with is, literally like to sit in a room with Shirley Manson from Garbage. Um, you know, the, I, just, uh, I just made the connection with the Kitty Girls. I don't know if you remember the band Kitty from like mm -hmm. late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> uh, and, and we're gonna be collaborating on a song for We Are Pigs, which I'm very excited about. Like these things, are, these are so cool. You know, it's like all my musical heroes um, yeah. growing up, so. Yeah, that, that really would be at some point, I feel like you have to be a little selfish and want to fulfill those, those, those yeah, places. I mean, especially in the beginning, like now you are rising. So for sure, it's your right to do that. I mean, given the, the shit you've been through, so it's your right to, if you want to enjoy that. But I don't know, I think at some point in your career, if you reach some level, for example, where you feel, okay, I'm satisfied. I've worked with so many events I love. And because in your position, you can, you have like, you would have some power to represent either women or any 
person you like you see is underrepresented so that's right. why i was I, I that my question came from there actually i was like she's she's a woman there she's representing women i, so I think, I think as i've got older like i'm a very um uh like I said earlier, I'm, I'm more attracted to, and that's the wrong word, but it's like, I would rather be surrounded by guys in a band than girls in a band. But I think as I've got older, it's kind of women have just become so much cooler to me. I'm just like, whoa, like if I could make a record with Alanis Morissette, like that's fucking rad. She's a freaking badass. She had one of the, still to this day, one of the biggest selling records ever. She's a mom. She's a freaking like advocate. She's got, you know, Shirley yeah. Manson, the same thing. Skin from Skunk and Nancy. You know, all of these, these bands, I just think, and I think the fact that it's, like maybe um in the world's eyes that they're kind of outdated you know because yeah, yeah. They, they they're past and i'm like let's bring them back now because kids need to hear like the freaking jagged little pill album or the under rugs rug swept album or kids need to hear the first couple of skunk and antsy records or the garbage records you know women especially because i feel like you know and as much as i like artists like halsey and um you know but artists like that i just i feel like it, it's really contrived you know it's like it's really been it's so perfectly put together and and i kind of like the you know go play in a band for five years and and then write some music you know where <laughs> where it's like you have to rough it it's it's just something a little bit more raw and and i i think that girls should be seeing should be seeing more that side of, of stuff now rather than like continual freaking selfies and oh my makeup's perfect and like let's see the unperfect yeah. and the ugly because that's where the freaking music and the gut comes from that's true but even like in general i mean the last albums i feel like at some point even in rock music everything was became just like so perfect and the videos are be becoming like that's horrible everything's like kind of you can expect what every band's gonna do but recently i feel like in these since 2018 some new stuff is coming and i love because for me i was like i would never think i can become fan of any new band right now you know i was like my old bands these are like the real ones i don't want to listen to this new stuff to be fan of any new band was kind of hard until right. just recently i just just happened for example i go to shows that i don't like the the support bands i'm like i don't want to discover you know i'm done i have my playlist that's it right. oh, only now i feel like there is some change there is something fresh in the music in rock and i love the fact there are many now who are coming back to mixing hip-hop and rock but in Lovely. more innovative way right so yeah, talking about pigs, your your band. Why that? Why the name pigs? I was like, I want to know. <laughs> um, so we are pigs. Is kind of birthed out of the whole project is like a concept album, and it's a concept project. And if you don't know like what a concept album, it's sort of it has a uh, underlying narrative, and the the whole narrative of of this song is. Uh, of the album and the project is is kind of like it's a it's a voracious depiction of the music industry through my 
experiences. And even though I don't think, I don't think pigs are a negative thing because like pigs actually in like Asian cultures are very positive things. It's just, I felt like fundamentally all of us as humans are somehow stuck in the pigsty. We somehow managed to get ourselves in the pig's, pigsty. Like we all get our hands dirty at some point to, you know, to be able to move to the next level or to rise above or to learn something. So, so we are pigs is kind of, it's just like a, a silly name, but I've, I've it's yeah, I've I grown. I understand what you, what you mean, yeah. It, it's, it's grown on me. And the first song that I actually ever wrote for this project in 2016, that's how long I've been working on this project for, oh. um, is the, is the, it's a song called Pigs. And it's the song that I've collaborated on with Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. So, um, so, and, and the chorus, the, the chorus just says, we're just pigs, you know, like at the end of the day, we, as humans, like we, we have a really ugly side to us, yeah. you know, I, I feel, I, have you ever read, read the book, Lord of the Flies? No. Not really. So it's a great book. You should read it. And it's, a, and it's a movie too. And it's kind of got that, like crowd mentality like what people do in crowds like even like what just happened in america now at yeah, the so it's like what people do in crowds is not necessarily always a good thing and uh and so it, it's like I, I guess it's just like humans are it's that whole thing are humans fundamentally good or are they fundamentally evil that I will leave up to you to decide. I have, I, I, I have my opinion. I have my thoughts on it, and that is I, I think I, I believe you to decipher. I see, I see things and people in terms of yin and yang. You know, I'm like every person has a bad side and every person has a good side. It's yeah. but up to you which side you let dominate. Right, hundred percent. Yeah, so I understand the concept of pigs, and yeah. so. Is it an album based on collaborations or that's just you uh, making everything? Is it something you're going to collaborate with any of the people you are, you are, you are working yeah, with? Yeah, so it's 100% a collaborative album. Um, this, is, this is my, uh, this is my, my selfish, like me <laughs> taking care of me um, <laughs> record. Uh, I mean, I've reached out to, I mean, I told you I've been in the music industry for like over 20 years, you know, yeah. I started playing in my first band when I was 12. But uh, it doesn't look like you, you look so young. So you tell me 20 Thank years. you. I'm like, yeah, I'm 25. I can't believe she's been here for, in the industry for 20 years. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, I've, you know, and I've toured with so many bands like Fall Out Boy and Seether and Evanescence and like blah, 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 you know, so I've become friends with so many people in the past 20 years, and I've never called on the, the favor. And so now, I mean, even though the pandemic was such a terrible thing for the entire world, I, 
used it very selfishly to, to finish this project because it, all musicians were at home. Everybody had a little bit more time. So I literally hit up everybody. You know, I hit up Chino from Deftones. I hit up like Shirley Manson from Garbage. I hit up Alanis Morissette. I hit up freaking, you know, Head from Corn. I hit up Billy Corgan. Um, and I'm just like, I really believe, like, I don't know if you know who Amanda Palmer is. Um, she was in a band called the Dresden Dolls, which you, you, should, you should look her up. She has a, a book called The Power of Asking. And I really believe in the power of asking. Like the worst that anybody can say is no. You know, it's That's like hard. Like <laughs> it's the hard. worst that anybody can say is no. And and That's and you know what? You have to learn to place boundaries because people ask things of me all the time. And some things I can say yes to, and some things I can say no to. I just have to know my bandwidth. But you know, it's like I, I sent I sent head the 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 songs. And I was, I was like, are any of these resonating with you? And he was like, I love this one and I love this one. Can I send it to my guitarist, JR? Um, and so we, like, we just start, started kind of going back and forth. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's like, and the same thing happened with Billy Corgan. You know, it's just like, I literally just hit up Bjorn Thorsred, who it, did a bunch of the Smashing Pumpkins albums and said like, can we hit up Billy, you know, and see what he says? And Billy came back to us and was like, I fucking love this stuff. Like, like send me the stems. Let's, let's go, you know? So I'm just like, what? You know, who am I? Using your dreams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, and like these things, it's just to have the validation from people and again it's art you know well, how, how the music you... is subjective and some people are going to like it and some people aren't and that's totally totally fine but for people like um for brian and billy corgan and um you know whoever else the pod guys to be like like wow this is this is amazing we'd love to jump on it like that's a cool stamp of approval and and validation from who i think are some of the greatest songwriters and artists in the world of course, of course they are, but it's amazing that they are open to to new talent or to just even people with whom they didn't work. Because I'm sure all these names you mentioned have worked with some of the best producers out there. Really? And so why would they work with you? You might have asked really? yourself at the beginning, but just because they are really great people. <laughs> That's all yeah. I can say. I don't think any of them is that kind of people who treat badly the others or like who is kind of you know feeling superior to others and that's why probably they're open and they found you have the talent otherwise they wouldn't work with you so <laughs> it makes sense and i'm ridiculously good looking <laughs> joking <laughs> i'm i was curious like because what you said the power of asking i i personally always have an issue with that like i can give people I don't know how much like I can do for others, but I can never ask. It's insane how sometimes I put myself in situations like it. I even once had a situation I had to go to the hospital. It was an emergency and I had to do surgery the next day. I didn't call anybody. I don't know. It's here. I can't ask. And I know many people around me also would say, you never know. You might miss an opportunity. Ask this person, ask, you know, that person, ask them if they need someone to join their team, etc. I cannot. So how did you develop that? Because many people fear rejection, actually. I think, I think you have to have um, a sense for whether 
you should ask or not <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like I'm, i'm trying to figure out the the words you know it's like if you just feel like somebody doesn't like you and some people are just not going to like you just because of what your face looks like that's just what humans are like you know then probably you're setting yourself up for failure you know but i i think i think if if there's a vibe and and i'm one of those people that really work with people's vibes you know like if there's a vibe and it's good and you can you know like ask and just be like hey listen i'm not i'm not going to be upset or offended at all if it's a no but i'm just throwing this out there what are your two what are your your thoughts you know and it's i think there's also a way in in asking you know that you don't presume and expect you know i think i think that like spoil the brat mentality is 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 a very american la thing just like everybody thinks they're the fucking shit and it's just like come on dude yeah um, i think because also we are at a time where most of the people they would believe if you approach them or if you are being even just kind oh then you are trying to take advantage of them or trying to take something so that's why maybe i have this thing where i don't want to ask so that people don't think i'm trying to you, you see what i mean so i think also like the validation that you get from other people around you like uh i know that people will speak highly about me and my work ethic and who i am as a human to other people and it's kind of it's opens it, it's like the best uh business card that you can have you know it's like somebody's like oh yeah what's that sj go about you know and i know with without doubt like the gray days guys would be like she's one of the hardest working most talented yeah. dopest chicks actually forget that she's a girl she's just one of the dopest most talented people on this planet and i know that they would and will continue to open doors for me and i think being that person that is willing to work without needing accolades the whole time i think is a very important thing i mean gosh i i feel like like i'm still doing it every single day of my life and it it gets it gets wearing but you know i i really believe that doors will continue to open and friendships will continue to open and just because what you're putting out into the universe you you have to get back at some point i think we all if we reflect just how far we've come whether for you or me or anybody listening right now we all find that yeah it's what you've put out there somehow it will come back in some way so yeah i do believe in that energy thing actually <laughs> but um yeah it's it's just amazing i love your journey for real and um yeah i want to like i asked you about the christian bands you grew up with so these are till today your influences because of course you have discovered some other bands after yeah i mean uh i think everybody has formative years you know where you develop a sense and a style and um your identity and and i think my identity was really rooted very deeply in bands like pod and skillet um so that's sort of like rap metal new metal era that's that's my favorite time in music sonically just there's just something about it that that i can't quite put my finger on and that no band or album that's currently working seems to be able to uh to capture i mean it's good that things evolve but but yeah. um i definitely from i mean 
off to high school and I graduated in 2000. Um, so like bands, then I, I started getting into, I got super into Incubus. And I actually, that was my first tattoo that, that I got was the Make Yourself tattoo. It needs to be, be touched up now, but it's like Brandon Boyd, like I was obsessed with him. He's so freaking hot and sexy and gorgeous and beautiful. And, and, and the, the, the album is so cool. Like that, mo that Morning View record is still one of my favorite records sonically. Um, because I love the fact that the band went and lived in a house together for a month or however long they did and they tracked it. And um, I'm, I'm of the, the mindset that that's the way that albums should be made, uh, that the band should be all together focused and that you should create, just put all that energy, you know, without having to worry about wives and kids and, and life just for that one month. Um, and I think a lot of the, the reason why so many albums that you listen to now feel so disconnected is because they have like 700 producers on them and 700 songwriters. And I think it's really important that it's like you, especially from a band point of view, that you capture the band's like DNA, you know, and that the band is imprinting on this record. So having the band all together and everybody like eating, sleeping, drinking, partying, fighting, you know, it's a vibe. It's a vibe and it, it, it like gets imprinted onto the record. And, and I, I think that's what's going to happen with this next Grey Days record, which I'm super excited about because we've literally, as a band, and the, the Grey Days guys are so sweet because they call me the fifth member of the band. You know, it's like we, 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 we've been together for a whole year now picking these songs apart piece by piece by piece, which we never got the opportunity to do that on the, the first record. So mm -hmm. I think this is really going to be set apart and that Grey Days and Chester are just going to imprint on this, this next record, which, I, which I'm super excited about. You're making me so excited about this. Like I cannot I'm wait. so excited about it. I cannot it. wait. I really cannot wait for that because I'm sure just like, like you said, for these bands who would spend an entire month or whatever working on one album, it's actually all their energy and passion connecting in one place and they would totally. be the best. And in your case, one thing connected all of you, it's like trying to make Chester proud and which you obviously totally. <laughs> And that's why, so I'm sure this album is gonna be amazing. And I'm hoping that there will be more collabs in it. I don't know if there will be some guests on this album, but I'm hoping. Not say a word. I'm hoping because honestly, I asked, I actually asked Nate actually about the previous album because when I knew that there are people like uh, Chris uh, from Bush or Monkey and Head, I was like, damn, this was this is amazing. This is like the highest form of respect to include other artists in this. And I asked like, whose idea was this? And he said it's Sean. So I was like. Damn, this is amazing. Well, the, the whole idea behind having an artist feature collaborate on the record, which this this time around, it's going to be even more so. It was it's it's artists at that that Chester was obsessed with. Oh god! So it's his. It's I think his, I know who you're talking about. It's his, it's his favorite favorite artists, you know. So. Um, and I'm not guaranteeing that there will be features on, on the record, but this time moving forward, we have, it's been very important to Sean 
and to Mace and to Kristen that this time round, it's a very small family unit and that it's, this is about who chest who was Chester's biggest influences? Yeah, guys, I have goosebumps just talking about it. Yeah, it's insane what you're doing, and I truly hope that the guys, Sean or Mace, uh, know how how this means. I mean, for the fans of Chester, especially knowing hearing about all these stories, how it all con how it connected all of you, and it gave you an opportunity or opportunities to work with all these artists you are able now to work with, just crazy. Cause I'm like, have you ever thought that you'll find yourselves working with these people that were your idols in one day? No way, no way. I mean, this is this is so cool. And, 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 and again, I really do have, have Chester, first of all, to thank for it. But, but Sean, he's been so, uh, he just has opened his Rolodex to me, you know, for yeah. a lack of a, a better term, it's just like, uh, he's you know being so supportive and you know even though there's there's always a lot of politics that goes into making a record especially on a major label but uh but the guys have been my biggest fans and have, have fought to have me on this this record um as as much as they they can and and have continued just to open doors for me and i think it's going to be really cool because um i think this this record is going to open even more doors for a female as a producer and a songwriter and as an engineer you know I do I do think I mean it kind of sucks that you have to have this crazy resume you know still in 2021 people still think that guys can do things better yeah um, but but I think that this this record in particular is gonna is gonna shake things up for women in the music industry yeah, that's why I'm hoping that we see you working with some female artists, even though I know you want to work with your idols, but I'm like, damn, she's, she's representing women out there. So I don't know, I know it's just like a boys club, it seems, I mean, the music industry and for women who get there, also people would be like, oh, she must have done something to get there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, if she yeah, knows, well, people well, and, and that's the thing as well, is like, it's like, it, it honestly is like, the, like that, it's either, and I'm going to be very crass, but it's like either, you know, a lot of women do fuck their way to the top. And it's, that's not who I am as if you, if you know me, like I'm probably the most asexual person you've ever met. It's like, I don't, I don't give off any vibes for anybody. I'm just one of, one of the dudes. I'm one of the girls, you know, and it's just, I'm here to work and I'm equal to you. And there's, there's just such a it's just not who I am as a human like yeah, I'm just I'm not a, I'm not a slutty person it's yeah. just not not in my DNA and I don't believe that I need to fuck anybody in order to be validated you know so the crazy part is like we are now in 2021 and we still feel like women have to prove that they are not like that in order to have some respect or value in the industry you know so yeah it's, it's just insane and um, going back to, you said that now the album you're working with, uh, working on uh, your solo project is with so many, have so many collaborations. So can we expect something with Chino? Cause you mentioned he's one of your idols. I, I reached out to him about, I've reached out to him like three or four times now. Oh. Um, and I'm just, I'm one of those people that is super persistent. And until somebody says no, I will, 
I won't bug you, but I'm going to every couple of months keep reaching out. Um, he he said that uh, that he has got a lot on his plate, and that after you know once he's done with all of this, he'll take a look at it again. Which I, I mean, the fact that he even replied was was really cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm hoping we'll see. Um, I'm hoping to do something with Steph too, the guitar player. Um, Samantha Bennington is a great friend of Steph. Steph is Draven's godfather, actually. So I would love to, um, I would love to do something with him. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely in the works. One can hope, I can dream, you never know. I, it, it, Chino does do a lot of really cool collabs with women. Um, I believe like Portishead is one of his favorite bands, you know, and, and this whole record is, is sneaker pimps meets like Deftones, you know? So it's kind of like a really interesting, uh, a really interesting feel where, where I've been able to channel a lot of feelings that I've felt over the years of being in the music industry and just feeling like manufactured or, or forced to do things that I, I don't particularly want to, but I, I have to because the label says that that's how it should be. Or, yeah. So this project's really just kind of a, a release. Yeah, I, really, those, I, I so. really loved your cover of the Slipknot song, Duality. And I'm not, oh. I'm, okay, I'm not even a Slipknot fan. And I know many people find that weird because like they expect if you love rap then you love Slipknot, but I love the cover, like your version, it was just insane. I loved it. Thank you. And we, had, we had a lot of fun doing that. It was, um, it was completely left field out of the blue and was, I, I didn't have it planned, but I was just like, I need to, it was probably April or May. It was, it was April, I think. And I honestly just like woke up one morning and I was like, okay, cool. Well, we should just do a cover of Slipknot's Duality. I didn't even, I mean, I probably should have put a lot more care into it, but I was just like, everyone just throws songs together and puts them out, you know? So it's so scary from Alien and Farm and I just like did it and, and put it out. And it, it was fun. It, it's a it's a nice little start to to the project. Yeah. What about Pulse Queen? How was working on that? Like this is the new new single now, Pulse Queen, and it's also a cool one. And Thank you. How how was the process? Did you work on it during the lockdown? Who were the people involved in in this? I started writing that song in November two thousand and eighteen. Wow. It was it was finished in December 2018. I've had this entire album is basically done. Uh, I've had it for for since 2018, um, and now I'm kind of bringing in guests on it um, and collaborating that way. So I think at that time in life, I was just feeling really burnt out. I just needed to have a release and something, and um, I'd created this beat. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of Abe Cunningham. He's the, the drummer from Deftones. And so I've studied his, his drumming style a lot and, you know, all these cool little nuances and where the hi-hat is placed and like an open hi-hat here or like a little ding-ding over here. So I tried to create, I went on to Splice, which is a really cool um, platform uh, for beats and sounds 
uh, and and I basically just I, I wanted this to be like a track new metal hybrid, something that that I, I feel like that kind of depressed trap stuff is is so massive right now, you know. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna make some depressed trap stuff. Um, so I just I basically put together a beat um, and sent it over to Lucas in Paris, and he came back and. Uh, had this really cool, cool riff, which is the the um, and and so it was actually like three semitones too high for me, so I pitched it and then like sang over. The song was originally called Guillotine, um, and then I was actually listening back because I'm doing a behind the scenes making of it of what the original lyrics were, and I was like, whoa, the, the song changed so much. And then, so basically I threw a melody down, Lucas went and retracked the guitars, uh, and then I programmed everything else around it. So it's, it's basically trap beats, 808s, some synths, and heavy as all hell guitar. And I wanted it to be like thick and raw and just brutal, um, because I was, I was really, really, I mean, I, I really don't want to sound bitter and angry because I'm really not a bitter, bitter and angry person at all. Um, but at, at that moment, I'd just been really frustrated and, and I felt really hurt out of a relationship in, in the music business. And, um, and it, was, it was born out of, the, out of that, just kind of like, man, it's, it's kind of fake friends, you know? Yeah. Um, and le letting... letting just seeing people for who they really are once they get into money or once they get into fame and and people changing and forgetting who you are um so it was kind of born out of that and so so it, it sounds angry and it yeah, is that's, angry. That's, that's not a bad thing after all music music is there to express oneself so right. uh, Sometimes right. people like sometimes we are angry and you need to listen to something angry. So I think there will be people yeah. who would be like, I needed this right now, yeah. <laughs> you know, to get that out and relate. So yeah, that's all not my friends, all my friends that know me. Like I'm just I'm I'm six foot one. I'm a really, really tall, like big goofy person. I have long arms and long legs. <laughs> I would so like everyone's always just like everyone's always just like they're so surprised because my personality is very silly and goofy and I, I think I'm hilarious but I'm actually not funny at all kind of kind of person and then when they hear this they're like whoa like where does this anger come from we don't see this SJ side and I'm like I keep it all inside guys yeah, but that's, that's actually also like Chester, when you hear him on some songs of Linkin Park, like screaming and like, shut up when I'm talking to you. And you're like, where does this come from? And when people, many people who I know who met him in real life were like, he's just so kind and nice. Yeah. So it's through music. That's that's the way to express yourself so, and get your totally. out. And you are doing this. So I really cannot wait for your album of pigs. Thank you. Well, I'm actually just dropping uh, singles this entire year. Okay. So the next the next single is going to come out next month, and then pro probably every eight to ten weeks, I'm I'm dropping dropping singles all year all year long. And so. some of these coming singles are the ones including the collab with Brian. Because I'm a huge fan of that. That's what I'm asking. That, that, that song is scheduled for May or June. 
uh, because I wanted to give uh, the Love and Death record some space. The Love and Death record comes out, I think, in March um, or, fe or February. Where are we now? Are we in January? Yeah, we're in January. Yeah. So I wanted to, and I think the Love and Death record comes out on like the 12th of February or something. So I wanted to give it a couple of months just to breathe and get the love that it deserves before. Till Before now, we... the singles he released are just insane. So I cannot wait. Also. Yeah, they're cool. Lots huh? of new music coming. <laughs> yeah, there is. I, I think that you know that this this time of of uh, everybody quarantining has allowed people to make so much music. So I think that it's just going to be like a vomit of of music coming soon. Well, I'm so happy to have had this conversation with you. Um, <laughs> for real, you're just an inspiring person. Oh. Even for someone who is not in this production thing, just the fact when you speak about your journey and the struggle you went through and not giving up on your dreams and everything is just really so inspiring. And I want to thank you for being who you are. Well, thank you. I, that, that really, really means so much. I, I think sometimes as humans, we can feel like failures but because, you know, what we are, we, we aren't seeing the big picture, you know, a lot of the times I, I have to remind myself, I, I get really like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. And like, this is just, this is not good enough. And, and then I'm like, SJ, you freaking, you, you had a massive career in South Africa. You, it ended, you started again in a brand new country with no nobody you know it's like you have to give yourself self-credit and, and really be your biggest fan so i think it's a, if if i can be inspiring to to women in any way it's like you have to be your biggest fan biggest fan and be brazen and be out there and keep pushing and go ask the uncomfortable things <laughs> You know, yes, it's like, hey, man, I want this job. And this is why I think I deserve it. Or, hey, I want you to do this for me. And this is why I think that, that you would be the right person to do it. And, you know, I, I think that there's, I think that there's value in that. And people really respect that. And they like that because they're like, whoa, okay, this, this, this chick knows what's up. Yeah, exactly. And just one last question. I was curious, like, if you would go back in time now to that moment when the first day you came back home after your failed tour in the US, and what would you tell that girl, that young SJ at that moment? Man, that, that's a great question. And I honestly wouldn't know how to, how to answer it. I, I would probably just be like, like, <laughs> Get out of bed, homie, because in freaking like 10 years time, you're going to be working on Chester Bennington's record with freaking the, the guys from Corn and, and, you know, all of these, the, and Billy Corgan and, you know, POD guys, you know, these guys are going to be your friends. Um, so I, I know, but you never know that, you know. Yeah, of course. It's just, you have to go through, I do think, I do think that you have to go through really bad things in order to to be the best you can be creatively and i know that sounds like a like a a weird thing but i definitely from a, an artist perspective and from a songwriting perspective i am my best when i'm not happy and I know that sounds crazy, but, I understand. <laughs> but, 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 those, but, but I seem to function better 
as a songwriter um, and an artist when when things aren't going right in my life because it's it's giving me that that grit to you know when I'm happy it's like the songs are too happy you know it's like you like throw that pop shit away let's go make some metal <laughs> that that's I think that's also the case for many creative people and artists and yeah. That's a time when you sit with yourself and you have to face yourself and reflect and everything, and something good comes out of it. Because when you're happy, you don't focus on, on yourself, actually, you're not connecting to yourself, you're just busy with other stuff. So, maybe yeah. that's why. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Uh, I like stay safe, and I, I cannot wait to hear your new music. I'll definitely let you know what I think, even though I'm sure I will love it. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to finally, I know we've been friends on Instagram for so long, but it's so nice to finally chat to you face to face. Totally. I hope to meet you one day. Oh, we will. We will, girl. We're going to rage in Paris. One day when this, uh, day when this pandemic is over, we, we will meet him in Paris and we will freaking party our asses off. Can't wait. Sure. See you soon. Yeah.